Hey, this is Tony with Dance with the Dead, and you're listening to Paradise Arcade. The Paradise Arcade contains graphic language. Listener discretion is advised. Listening to the Paradise Arcade with Kyle and Eric, promoting synthwave music and culture. All right, you are listening to another episode of the Paradise Arcade, Kyle. A new episode, and today on our show, we have a very special guest. Very special guest. We have Tony from Dance with the Dead on the show today. Welcome. Thanks, guys. And thank you for being on the show. We really appreciate it. Yeah, as always. <laughs> and as always, uh, please follow us on all the social media, Twitter and Instagram, uh, Facebook for those that use that still. Um, and then you could find our, our show on all platforms of your liking. So uh, this year has been crazy. We've, we've been setting this interview up for quite a while. And we were just talking about how this year has kind of really been crazy. Um, so how has your your 2020 been now that we're uh, in December? It's, it's, uh, well, let's put it this way. We did our last uh, European tour that was that started in February, um, this last past February, and we got back, literally landed in LAX on March 1st, and two weeks after, uh, everything shut down. So we got back, like, on, like, pretty much, like, a day later, we might have you know gotten stuck in europe that's crazy so we, we lucked out but yeah as soon as we got back um i was just literally you know talking to justin um about a couple of days ago how we still feel that because when we were out there we just started hearing about it like what's this coronavirus thing like everyone's talking about and keep in mind we're also like shaking people's hands after shows and all that you know so right when we got back uh him and I were pretty, we were pretty sick. I mean, I wouldn't say to the point where we had to go to the hospital or anything, but definitely not the the same, you know, type of cold that we would normally get, you know, just from being on the road. So we were both pretty sick when we got back for, I want to say like three weeks. Holy shit. You know, minor coughing and stuff like that. But also I was just, I just got back home. So I was like, I'm not going anywhere. Um, and then that's when, you know, obviously the, the shutdown and all that stuff started happening. So, yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty crazy, and then I just feel like we got back, and then pretty much the world's been shut down. So, yeah, it's yeah. it's absolutely been the the big disappointment for me was that your your tour was canceled this year. And... Yeah, I mean that was the first one announced, but there were a few others that were supposed to be right around this time, and uh, which we can't announce or talk about. Because it haven't been announced, but right. um, yeah, everything, everything for the whole year, pretty much was just like, yeah, it's not happening. Yeah, and that's got to be rough. Yeah, it's, it's from all the planning and you know the the budgets that go into it. Um, it's it's definitely not fun when <laughs> you have to cancel last minute. But um, I mean, it's we're not the only band, you know, obviously that's gone through this. So um, yeah, it sucks, but you know, it wasn't. 
the end of the world. It was just something you had to deal with. It is the end of the world. It does feel like the end of the world. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there's been some bright spots towards the end of this year, hopefully next year. Is there any, like, formal sort of, like, or, like, ballpark, like, hey, we could start touring again in this time frame? Is there even talks of that yet? Yeah, I mean, we've been we've been speaking with our booking agent and our, our management, and just from what I'm hearing, just from you know the industry, because I have other you know friends and um, bands as well um, that are in the same boat, obviously. So they've been kind of getting intel from their their crew and team. And what I've been kind of been told is, even for 2021, it's probably a no go. If anything, maybe next fall, next winter, but winter is not really a big touring right. season anyways. Um, and that's, you know, basically comes down to, you know, even though, you know, the whole vaccine thing is in the works right now, the majority of people I don't think will, you know, have it until maybe next summer, maybe fall at the latest. I heard Q3 is when it will be widely available. Sounds like a video game release. Like, when will <laughs> you get this? When will you get the patch? So, yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, we're, we're kind of just going by what we're being told, you know, just we can, we can book all these tours and get them ready, but it's probably safer to just wait than postponing it again and canceling it and, you know, refund the tickets and, yeah. you know, constantly doing that game. So, um, that's what I've been told. Um, so yeah, we're just kind of on the downtime, just seeing how everything pans out and um, writing music. Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna lead into how have you been spending your pandemic time? Oh man, a lot of video games. I'll, I'll say that. Good for you. What you been playing? Um, I just recently got a PS5. Um, I saw that. So. I got, uh, I pretty much the minute I got that, I just plowed through Spider-Man. Now I'm playing uh, Assassin's Creed. I got the Cyberpunk, which I'm going to, you know, play it obviously on the PS5. And then, um, yeah, so that's keeping me busy. Um, also, just writing, um, hanging out with a girlfriend, our cat, and yeah, just pretty much just <laughs> trying, trying to keep sane. It has the, and this is an, an, If I had any oh. of those things, if I had a PS5, if I had a cat, if I had a girlfriend, any of those, I'd be excited to be doing <laughs> that kind of stuff. Well, okay, let's put on the topic of PS5. So I was that guy with like 30 browsers open and just constantly refreshing for like six hours straight um, ever since launch day. And I was like, dude, like it can't be this crazy to get it right now considering the pandemic and you know the unemployment rate like how is this thing the hardest thing to find right now so Bots. after doing some research i came across the uh what's the website stock x which i've never even heard of apparently it's for sneakers <laughs> so i did my research and you know found that it was a legit company and all that so after like a couple weeks of just trying to find this thing i was like okay you know what i could just wait maybe possibly next year or I could just spend a few more bucks and just get it now. 
So yeah. I just ended up, I just ended up putting my foot down. Like, you know what? I'll just drop a few more bucks, get it now. And if this company's, uh, you know, a shady company, then you know I learned my lesson, whatever. But it's just one of those things when you really want something, you're just willing to do whatever it takes. I know that life. Yeah. yeah. So I just took the, I just took the risk of like, you know what? I'm just gonna go for it. And I got it, and it came. It was all legit, and yeah. I couldn't be I couldn't be happier because what I'm seeing is that it probably won't be available until what I'm what I'm seeing is like even maybe by next spring. Yep, that's, that's... what I'm what I'm saying because all the the bots are just you know they're they're just constantly just stealing all the the sales I guess so. Yeah, one bot company had like twenty three thousand PS5s. That's insane. It probably I, I didn't know that. Yeah, it would, probably wouldn't feel that bad if all the bots weren't sniping up everything out from underneath people. Uh, yeah, this is the hardest uh, console that I've because I got I was able to get the PS4 right away, pre-ordered it, no yeah, issue. And PS5, I tried to do what you did, and it did not work. I couldn't find it anywhere ever. Yeah, I mean, I literally had it in the cart through Walmart, and like, I remember just like being the most excited I've ever been in my life. <laughs> and then, and then, and then the oops, whatever the, the reindeer thing comes up, and I'm like, Wait, what? I literally just had it in my cart, and then it kind of went viral, and then I'm seeing it on the news that you know the website crashed because all the bots, and I was like, oh my god, like, who knew it would be this difficult to get a console? Yeah. I'm not, I, I've just kind of given up. Like I know that it'll be spring before I'll even get the opportunity. Basically there has to be enough in circulation that you could just go to a store and get it pretty much. That's right. what I've figured. And I'm not really like super mad about it because like the two games I want to play the most aren't out yet. Like I want horizon and I want the new God of war. So yeah, those are the two I'm looking forward to as well. And so it's like, well, you know, I'd be more mad. I might be in the same position as you where I'd be like, well, maybe I should spend more money to get the stupid machine so I can play these damn games. But I, I haven't felt like that need to spend $900 on a console yet. Woof. That's Neo yeah, Geo that, price Yeah, that's right pretty there. much what it came down to, just around that ballpark. And if anything were to happen to it, I don't have warranty. Woof. So, yeah, I'm just pretty much, like, treating it like, you know, like, it's the most precious thing I own. Yeah, it is. Here's your recently released hardware that could have problems. It hasn't been revised yet. Right, exactly. Fingers crossed. Fuck, hopefully nothing happens. <laughs> yeah, seriously. How is the uh, the writing going? Has the pandemic affected your creative output? We've talked to other folks, and it's like, there's like this meme where it's like about introverts, like the pandemic hit and they're like secretly excited in reality. Um, but we've talked to a lot of people where it's, it's, that's not been the case where the, the pandemic has really kind of put a, a, a down note on the creative output. Have you, are you still at the same level? How has it influenced you at all? Um, I mean, to be completely honest, it, in a weird way, when it first started, when it first happened, um, especially here in California, uh, Orange County, um, for you know me being a huge horror movie fan, obviously, I kind of liked it for like the first month, 
It was just weird, but I kind of liked it. Like, oh, this is weird. Like, no one's out. Streets are empty. I could literally go to L.A., which I'm sure you know. We have the worst traffic. Yeah. Um, I remember going to, like, L.A. to take care of some business. And, like, to get to L.A. from Orange County in 30 minutes, is it's, like, unheard of. You, you can't. It's just physically impossible. And the fact that I got there in half an hour and you barely saw any cars on the highway, that tripped me out. So I was like, gee, I kind of like this. This is nice. Yeah, was you know something like thirty million people in LA County or something like that? Yeah, I mean, if you wanted to go, you know, any part of you know the district in LA, like you know, any time of the day, it's the five freeway. You're pretty much the minute you get into the LA County, you're bumper to bumper, and probably like that for thirty minutes or more until you could even exit. So. Usually it takes about a little over an hour. That's just kind of standard to get to LA. And that's with all the traffic involved. Um, so yeah, like it was kind of nice just not really seeing anyone outside and really quiet and eerie. But you know, after a month, you're just kind of like stuck in a house going insane. And I'm sure everyone could vouch for that, you know? Yeah. I so can't. yeah, I mean, it, it was nice, but. Um, it's definitely, you know, I look at the calendar. I'm like, wait, what? It's December. Wow. Yeah, it's insane. Because both time seems to have stopped and sped up at the same time. Yeah, because I mean, like I was telling you, I feel like I just got back from that European tour, and then now it's December. I just feel like this whole gap. I'm like, it's like a blur. So is that that's got to be kind of a a bit of like a a lifestyle shock because you you have been touring pretty consistently for a few years prior, and to go from being on the road pretty consistency consistently to like you're in your place all the time now. That's got to kind of be a weird adjustment. Yeah, I mean, I'm still not used to it. Um, we usually tour, you know, anywhere from three to five times a year. And these are, you know, anywhere from 25 to 45 days, you know, day tours. So I'm just used to being gone. I'm used to being in different places and um, and all that. But, yeah, it's just kind of definitely been weird. Like, you know, I have a lot of other friends, you know, importing, you know, bands that, before I started really heavily touring, I'd see them kind of going crazy once they get back. And I never understood it. Like, dude, like, why is this guy got to, like, constantly be doing something? Like, have to go out and, you know, I'd be happy to be home. Um, <laughs> right? Sleep in your own bed? <laughs> yeah. And then you just kind of learn, like, you're used to being on a schedule when you're on tour, right? Like, you're, you know, our tour manager and our schedule. But we're... You know, this time we have this, and this time sound check. This time is the meet and greet, whatever. So like, we're always used to being on a schedule. So when we get back, and you don't have shit to do, and you get up and you're like, wait, I don't have to do anything today, which feels nice. But then after like three days, you're like, wait, I need something to do. You just kind of start going crazy. It literally is like an apocalypse movie or like a zombie movie, like that initial adjustment where you're just like you wake up and there's nothing and there's not even really people out on the street. There's not really, it's just a weird, it's a really eerie, strange thing. 
Yeah, really, really is. You know, has has things started to like normalize out for people, or like basically people over it? Because like I know here, like people are basically kind of over it, and they're going out doing stupid shit. And I know we had a a recent adjustment where there's it's like takeout only for food now. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of our cities in Orange County, it's um, Huntington Beach. Um, they've been rioting um, every now and then, I guess, um, for the fact that they don't want to do the stay-at-home order thing. They don't want. They don't want. They don't want that. So they've been they've been you know, protesting outside, and I just feel like here. I mean, we're. I think we hit the purple tier, um, which our governor pretty much just came down to like begging people just to stay home. Like I'm like, he pretty much was just like, please, I'm, I'm just like begging you guys, please just stay home for the holidays and you know, the, the winter. So we got the, the lockdown again, but a little different than our first lockdown that we got, um, I guess in spring. Um, so we have a curfew, which is like after 10, everything has to be closed. So I don't know how much that helps, but I think they're really aiming more toward like the nightlife. Cause at this point they're more worried about the, you know, the people going out and partying. Yeah. So, New York, it's like a, is a, they do all sorts of crazy shit and get shut down. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, I think it's, it's pretty divided. I think there are people that are strongly for it and those people are obviously doing kind of whatever they want, um, which there's nothing they can do about it. Just, kind of you know stay stay off their their radar i guess but um yeah i mean much as i'm going crazy you know i'm just trying to do my part and just hoping that this blows over pretty soon man we were fucking hoping that in march (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah. i remember before we canceled the uh before the magic tour when we were supposed to go with those guys uh, there was a huge meeting with our management, their management, you know, our booking agent, and I remember we're like, we're like, nah, it's not gonna happen. Like the world's not gonna shut down. That's not gonna happen. We'll be fine. And then like, you know, just every day, kind of like watching the news, and we're like, oh shit, this, this is getting like kind of crazy. Like this is really happening. So, what John Carpenter movie does this remind you of the most? <laughs> I mean, like, this is like what straight up escape from escape from L.A. Since I'm in Orange County, L.A. Are you gonna do some terrible CG surfing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just it's a trip, man. It's just like, you know, I think people just kind of some people just forget about it, like that this is really going on. Um, But yeah, I just I still can't believe like. Like, wait, I forgot. Like, we are still going through a pandemic right now. Yeah, it's good. It, it is going to be coming up on a year that this shit's been going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I didn't expect that. You didn't expect that. No. Everyone didn't expect that. And that's like, this is what it's become. It's awful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, that's... that's an understatement right there. It's yeah. awful. All of my favorite restaurants are closing. Like, for permanent. Like, I, you know, like, I'm just thinking about earlier when you guys were talking about shows, like, when people can go to 
live music again, people are going to go fucking wild. There's going to be people like banging on the floor (laughs) and doing like crazy shit because they haven't been able to for so long. It's going to be. Yeah. I really do think the when it's the, you know, the entertainment business opens back up, I think it's really going to kind of bring people together, you know, even better and in a more powerful way um, than it's been in the past. People are going to get pregnant real fast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cause like, how do you, I don't know. I'm I'm not single. So how do you even date? How do you date this year? Uh, I haven't, I haven't done shit. You can't, what do you do? (laughs) Like I cut out all the dating apps, everything is just like, even if it was there, what do you do? Talk to them and be like, hey, I'm talking to you on the internet. This is stupid. What a waste of time. Wait, that's a thing? Internet <laughs> dates? No, like, I'm just like sending you a message on the oh, internet because that's yeah. all I can do. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or that's all you could do. I haven't done any of that because I just like, it's just like, this isn't the year. It's sad. Yeah, definitely not the year. Um, so have you been uh you've got more time obviously have you spent more time watching movies have you stayed up to date on then stuff that's being released yeah so like you know every like october i just pretty much binge you know all my favorite horror flicks um and you know every now and then i'll check out something new if, if you know it looks interesting but um yeah man i you know just Writing, lots of video games, um, you know, Mandalorian. I'm sure I'm sure you guys are fans as well. Yeah, um, I'm up to date. I'm not. Yeah, I saw the first season. I haven't seen the new one. What? Man, you have no excuse not to be up to date. You got nothing else going on. <laughs> Wait, here's here's my excuse. Uh, before when I saw the first season, my brother was letting me use his account. And recently, like just before the second season started, his wife made him cut it out. So I haven't been able to use that anymore. Uh, I think, um, with certain phone carriers, I think if you, you know, just do like the unlimited thing, which I I can't see why anyone would, considering they're all home on their Wi-Fi. But uh, I think they were doing like Verizon was doing a thing where if you just do an unlimited plan, you get. Disney Plus included. So that's how I got mine. I was just, when there I'm on the go. road, I just do the unlimited plan because, you know, um, I need the data. So let, um, let me get that Disney Plus password. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious because, you know, it's been a weird year because obviously streaming has exploded and a lot of, we've seen more stuff being released instead of theaters into streaming platforms um so there really hasn't necessarily been a lot of like movies per se at least the year has been so 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 much of a blur i'm not even really like tenant like that's the thing I that's think. the only movie i can think of that's been released mulan yeah. i disney plus right that's on yeah. disney plus yeah i think one of the first movies to go like a like a blockbuster movie to go straight to streaming was i think um trolls <laughs> i remember watching that I was saying something on the news how that was like a major release, you know, from a major, you know, studio. So 
they came out right when the pandemic happened and they were like, you know what, we're just going to take it straight to streaming. And I think other studios were kind of paying attention to see how it does. And I guess it did do pretty well, especially like, you know, all the moms with the, the kids at home, they could just literally rent it um, and watch it at home and probably save like a hundred bucks on, you know, popcorn. So right, I think it did sense. well. And I think other studios are trying to kind of see how they can, you know, do it. Um, and also, you know, make money off it too. So I mean, we'll see. I think it's, we're going to see a lot of it coming soon. Yeah. I think the, the theater industry might, the way that we see it currently is probably dead. Like I think things like Alamo draft house might, make it because they have a very specific kind of thing that they do and they don't have such a big footprint that they might be able to like make it through but i think pretty much like amc and those they're done yeah i think amc called it quits and they blamed it on the bond movie like that was their (laughs) thing they're like james the new james bond movie is not coming to theaters so we're closing like (laughs) fuck us Yeah, I think I saw something where they, well, at least the one by me, uh, they were offering, this was like, I want to say around, right before, like, yeah, I want to say it was about October. They were letting just people rent out the theater, like a personal, if you rent it out personally for yourself for a hundred bucks, and you can watch whatever movie, you know, bring your family, your friends uh, for a hundred bucks. Because that's just what I want to do is sit in other people's filth and watch yeah exactly (laughs) well you know like say you got 10 people like 10 people you could safely be around whatever and you were like we have the entire theater and you wanted to watch whatever movie you wanted to watch say like okay i want to watch the thing if they let you watch whatever you want that's like ten dollars a person hundred dollars yeah but do you know 10 people that you'd want to hang out with Okay. Fair. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I. You All know. right. Well, maybe you could get some people you don't want to hang out with to help cover the cost. Right. Social distancing. But it's a big theater. You could sit really far away from them. Yeah, right. but I, I just, I, I think, you know, what I, I guess my point was, I think that was kind of like their way of like, we're willing to do anything to make a buck at this point. We will suck your dick. <laughs> 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 you rent our theater out. I got these cheeseburgers and you can come on in. <laughs> yeah, I'm really you know, I just a lot of stuff has been delayed and and I've just kinda lost track of stuff. I mean if it's not on streaming, like you know, I watch The Mandalorian, that's what I would keep it up with, but fuck, I don't even really I know all my watching stuff right now is based entirely on what's being released in japan right now and it's like weekly i'm every friday every sunday every monday i'm like this is the day i finally have something new to watch so have either one of you heard of possessor that sounds familiar the new movie by brandon cronenberg oh yeah yes, actually, I, I have seen yeah have you seen have you seen it I I'm just no, I haven't. I haven't seen the movie. I have come across it. Yeah, I I'm very curious because I saw his his first movie, Antiviral, and I thought it was really interesting. Kyle, did you see Antiviral? I didn't. No, you should check it out. It's 
very on topic for the times that yeah. we're at right now. Yeah, it's a very interesting. Um, I would say it's it's very, especially with the subject, because huh? basically in the movie, um, people in the future pay money to get illnesses that celebrities get, and you could, and then they there's like black market meat that is made from the cells of celebrities, and you could get cuts of meat grown from celebrities' skin cells. That's weird. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really. It's just, you know, it takes the celebrity culture obsession and then goes the most disturbing and, like, extreme end to what that could look like and revolves around that whole thing. And I'm not going to... Let me get that Nick Cage cut. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Tony, what what horror films really speak to you? Like, what's your... Obviously, we can kind of guess, but, like, what are the ones that have really spoke to you and and kind of defined a lot of your yeah tastes. like if you were going to tell a person who's never seen a horror movie before like what do you start with what would be your number one pick um well you know okay so my all-time favorite is the exorcist um i just don't think anyone's been able to top what they've been able to do i mean that was in the 70s and it's still, you know, when I watch it, it's just like, I can't believe that they're pulling this off in, in the 70s. Um, but that's my all-time favorite. Um, obviously, it's not like a movie you just, you know, pop on, you know, every other month. Um, but that's my number one. Um, and obviously, you know, a lot of the, the Carpenter uh, films, um, you know, all the classics, Halloween, The Thing, They Live. Um, I'm not sure if you guys have ever seen The Mouth of Madness. Oh yeah, oh yes. Um, kind of pretty underrated, I guess, because everyone looks at his, his films and immediately, you know, always like the the Halloweens or the They Live or you know. But I think like his '90s stuff kind of uh, Under- pretty underrated. Yeah, underappreciated. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you know, obviously all the all the Carpenter stuff. Um, even though I do love all the, you know, like the, the, the Friday the 13th franchise and Nightmare on Elm Street, I feel like for some reason those, even even though I still do love all those films, I feel like I just, I'm kind of burnt on those just because I've been seeing those films on repeat since I was a kid. Um, so I just kind of go to, I, co- I go to the ones that I watch once a year and when I do watch it once a year, it still feels fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so Exorcist is a must. I, I try to do it once a year around October. Um, I always rock the first Halloween, the original Halloween. Um, that's always on Halloween day. I just pop that on. Um, what else is there? Uh, Return of the Living Dead, another one I love. Um, Evil Dead. I mean, yeah, I mean, it just, the list goes on. All the Romero stuff, you know, Stephen King stuff. Um, there's there's so many out there, but I try to like you know put it in a category of like slasher stuff. I'm gonna watch some slasher flicks this week, or I'm gonna watch some zombie flicks this week, or you know, stuff like that. So it's whatever mood mood I'm in. 
you know, when we talk about this with people, it's like I feel like there's a certain time period for a certain movie. And I just don't feel like now the same type of thing is done. Like, is there any contemporary, current horror slasher, whatever movie that you think is good? When I think of, like, what's out now or recently, really the only one that I can think of that I'm really into is It Follows. Oh, that was a great movie, which I did watch this past October, too. That's uh, that's another one I, I watch once a year that's refreshing. Like Eric, what what do you think, Eric? Oh man. It's it's tricky because I did like horror it's such a weird we're in a weird time, I think, for horror. Traditional horror, like what we would assume for out of the seventies and eighties, doesn't really exist anymore unless you're watching a Rob Zombie thing. Or or what was the mo oh, fuck. Um the Nazi one that we watched in theaters. Overlord. Overlord was the last movie that I felt captured like the vibe of like a good, like gory movie out of the eighties. Everything now is pretty much like it's woke horror or it's some sort of like existential, like crisis horror, you know? So it's examining yeah. some, some aspect of modern life that to the extreme, you know, it's Jordan Peele or, or Ari Aster or, you know, one of the, and, and, and they're the all Blumhouse stuff. Yeah, and it's it's good. I really, you know, Midsummer was uh, you know. Mid, yeah, Midsummer I wouldn't say it would be a horror movie. I would say it was a psychological uh, I thriller. Dug it. Yeah, a psychological horror, but I still dug it. Like it's kind of up there with like The Witch, which yeah. a lot of people hated, but I actually loved it just because it was so weird and just eerie. Yes. Um so I, I do like movies like that where it doesn't have to be, you know, full of gore and constant killing it's just like just the music and the setting alone just sets the mood of like mm -hmm. yeah this movie's it's pretty creepy yeah we it seems like we got past like the torture porn phase of stuff no more hostels or anything like that that it really right. is that was a weird time too that was definitely a weird time and um so we're and i never really I love Hellraiser. That's, you know, people that listen to the and show. I love Hellraiser as well. Know we both love Hellraiser. We love that movie. So it's I'm not opposed to some pretty sadistic, weird stuff. But, like, I, you know, Hostel, and I just didn't, it didn't really do it for me. Yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, I've seen most of them. Um, I think I've, I think I've only seen, like, a few Saws. Uh, there's, like, what, like 20 of them? <laughs> I, I think yeah. you're correct. There's approximately 20. Yeah. But I think I've watched like the first three, and I think I've watched the hostels, and you know, it's yeah, it's just so much of like, okay, yeah, I, I know there's a new hostel movie, and it's probably gonna be some dudes, you know, dick getting chopped off, and, <laughs> right? You know, making me cringe for a week, and you know, uh, not not that I'm bagging on those films, but yes, it's just not a movie you could just. I kind of feel like watching Hostel today, you know? Yeah, or the Human Centipede. That's uh that 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 was an interesting one. I'm surprised they even made a second one, but or a third one. one. I thought there was a third one. I, I didn't even know that was the third one. The first one I mostly just laughed throughout the whole thing. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely it's so it's a different. I'm not sure if that point in time was like legitimate horror. I couldn't really read it. 
and now we're kind of like way into the artsy um end of and and i'm not that's not a dig at all it's a very specific mood and and sometimes you know like i i watched us i go see the all these movies well i used to go see these movies in theaters um but i found i find like television has been way more interesting exploring horror than movies have recently again i'm I'm really curious about possessor i think that might be a really fun movie and i did see um uh the nicholas cage so mandy i really like that movie a lot mandy was great um that's like in top up there for like movies the last horror movies the last 10 years that really like that's it this is this is good this is great um and then i saw his other ones uh at the it's not that the mountains of madness um where like the space rock hits and i think it's like shape of color yes the shape of yeah, color. i saw that one too that one that one was nice and so i saw that in in theaters and you know but like is that really horror is that really it's kind of like sci-fi it's kind of like psychological thriller it's how do you it's not i would not identify it as like classic horror no, yeah, I'd, I'd say it's more in like the sci-fi, sci-fi department. Kyle, what do you think of the Shape of Color? It was, well, I first of all, I have to say, like, if you don't already know, I'm a huge Nicolas Cage fan, like huge Nick Cage fan. It was, you know, and he was in it. Not as much as I would have liked, but. It was okay. Yeah, I really like Richard Stanley, and I even like his Island of Dr. Moreau with Marlon Brando and Val Kilmer. Like, for as much of a flawed mm-hmm. movie as that is, I still really liked it. Oh, wait. Wait, did you say Shape of Color or Color from Space? or Color Out of Space. Color Out of Space. Okay, I was like, wait, did I fuck it up right now? I just got back from the bathroom, but I don't want to screw it up. Yeah, no, we're... <laughs> okay. There's Because there is the shape of something... I think that's like a Scarlett Johansson. It's easy to confuse a lot of these very like esoteric, uh, nondescript horror titles. But yeah, I I think my point being is I I think that TV has been more interesting for horror. They've done a lot more. There's more horror anthologies and, um, different things like that i am very excited i don't know if either one of you heard about so there's a hellraiser tv series in the works what and there's a nightbreed tv series in the works what and there's a books of blood movie out on hulu how did i miss any of this way too many options out there yeah clive barker just got the film rights back for hellraiser that's awesome I don't know what he's going to do with it, but Dimension was fucking up for a long time. Well, yeah. Uh, you know that part in Starship Troopers, like, would you like to know more? <laughs> yeah. I, I would like to know more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, music and kind of how you, you, you got, how did, you know, how we got in into dance with the dead. Like, clearly the horror aspect thrasher metal how did what was the nexus or what was the moment where you're like 
let's combine some of these things together and do what you do. Um, so just to backtrack a little bit. So Justin and I, I've known him since I was like a freshman in high school. We both grew up in a um, city of Irvine in Southern California. Um, so we've always been friends in different bands. Um, but not until about 2012, uh, I was just kind of learning how to like kind of engineer and produce music at home. So I was sending him cause he was kind of working on like EDM stuff too. Um, so I'll send him some songs I wrote and I'm like, Hey, what do you think about this? And you know, kind of like Daft Punkish, Justice, the kind of vibe I'm going for. And you know, he was digging it and he was sending me stuff and I was digging the stuff he was sending me. So we decided like, dude, let's just get together, you know, have some drinks, make some beats and um, just have fun. And more so just kind of learning how to, you know, engineer and you know, getting, getting into the production side of things. Cause we had no intentions of actually starting a band or doing any of that. It was just more so like, this is the right music. Um, maybe we could sell it or, you know, whatever, get it, get a licensing deal or something, you know? Um, so one of the tracks I sent him, it was called Dance with the Dead. Um, so the track was pretty mediocre, but I think I remember him saying like, hey, why don't we put the song aside, but like use the song name as a band, a uh, band name. So him and I both obviously being, you know, uh, big fans of horror, we're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like we're making dance music, but you know, we're also bringing in like the, the, the horror vibe. So what we used to do is uh, for our first record, Out of Body, um, he would have his laptop on the side as we're tracking and whatever movie he would just have playing, it would it'd be on mute. Whether it was on the TV or his laptop, there'd be something always playing um, and it'd be on mute. So sometimes we'll be writing a rip or whatever, you know, part of the song and I'll just kind of watch whatever scene going on in the movie and I'll just kind of like vibe off what we're seeing and then kind of write to what we're seeing going on in, in the movie, like almost like we're scoring to the film. Um, so we did that for a while and then um, me being obviously a guitar player, I remember just like, hey, let's add some guitars in and at the time it felt like it was a no-go no because we're trying to make like electronic music um, and like, why would we add guitars in it? That defeats the whole purpose. But we just, you know, did it anyways because we really, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, and then that just kind of opened up, you know, more doors and um, yeah, and then just us both obviously being also big fans of metal and punk, um, it just kind of made sense. Like, yeah, let's just bring in little elements of this and that and then see if it works and it's still, we both still don't think it works for our first record. <laughs> the first record's kind of all over the place. Doesn't really make sense, but, you know, um, it obviously did something for us. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, it, there wasn't really any, like, anything specific. It, we just kind of did what we felt sounded cool, you know? Well, it's obviously working out. <laughs> It's like nobody else does it like you guys do. It's like 50-50 synth guitar while everyone else is doing something else. I feel like the guitar is lacking 
in its utilization. Yeah, I mean, uh, when we when we play live, it's way more guitar heavy, um, and a lot of people, you know, when we you know talk with fans after shows, are like, dude, like why, why is the song on the record like nowhere near this heavy? Um, how you guys just played it? And these are all things that we like just kind of slowly picked up as we started touring. Like, hey, what if we just made it more guitar heavy live? You know, so. Well, Ever since then, in the last two years, I want to say, um, we've been trying to write um, with more guitars in, in all the songs. So when we play live, it's you know it's not like an entire different dynamic in a song when we when we perform it. I've been wondering, like, when you play live, is there any kind of pet peeve that you have of the audience when you're playing live? Uh, I mean, I think every musician will say like that dude in the front that just not moving and just staring at you, literally <laughs> just staring right into your eyes. That, that, you know, obviously we're performers, but we're also going off the energy of the crowd, you know? So, um, <laughs> when, you know, there's people headbanging or having fun and there's that one guy dead in the center, right in front of your, your ego riser. And he's just literally just staring into your eyes with a dead face. Um, that's kind of a bum out because, you know, everyone else around him is having a good time. And, like, just the guy, of course, right in front of me is the guy who just looks miserable, you know. Or the guy, like, sometimes the guy's on the phone. He'll just be on the phone. Jesus Christ. cracks me up. Like, dude, like, why are you in the front to look at your phone? Go to the back. But yeah, those are things that I would say that just like, oh man, I got that guy tonight. Damn. Okay. Like I specifically wanted to ask you about that because the last time you came through our city, I was front and center. <laughs> like I was Staring right in front of I was right eyes. in front of you. <laughs> I wasn't like looking at you in the eye. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> but I was that guy who was like had my phone like recording you jamming on your guitar like my phone was fucking in your guitar (laughs) (laughs) and i didn't think about it until later i was like man you know like as a person who attempted to play guitar once in my life like nothing would make me more nervous than someone like being that close recording me what i was doing so i just wanted to apologize (laughs) for being that person who was recording you doing a solo I don't mind, like, whatever. That's the day and age we live in. People are going to film. My, what I was saying was, like, this guy's literally on his phone, like, he's, like, on Facebook. Like, he's Checking literally on leather. his phone, like, doing his own thing. But he's, like, dead. Like, he's the first guy in the front row. Like, but he just chose, like, you know what? I'm going to check my emails. And I'm also going to do this and, you know, check my messages on Facebook. See if I can watch trolls. On his phone. Yeah, I wasn't yeah, doing that. Absolutely. I was up there headbanging, and when I wasn't headbanging, I was making videos of you guys doing solos. But I, did, I, I just wanted was, to say uh, I'm sorry if that made you feel weird. Oh, dude, no worries, man. Um, what was the venue? It's not First Avenue. The Quest. It First Avenue? No, 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 it was 7th Street. Seventh Street Entry, which is next to yeah. First Ave. Yep. So, we've, so that, that we played there, and the year after that, we were on the road with Avatar, and we played the first Avenue, which 
was wow. I was like, hey, I remember we played the the one the basement downstairs, and then we go to the one the main uh, the stage, and we're like, holy crap. Yeah, I was really disappointed that you. It just felt like the show that you put on. You should have been main stage because you were mm-hmm. you were Dan Dan Daniel Deluxe is who you're with when you when we saw you yeah. at least. Um, and what a what a great show! It's it's unfortunate because we've seen Magic Sword. Well, I've sorry you didn't see Kyle. You never you didn't get to see. Him, I didn't. Did I wasn't able to. But we saw uh, some other buddies saw uh, Magic Sword at Seventh Street. It's like that would have been another great main stage. And then who gets main stage at the fucking midnight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I believe it. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, it was you know I like that club has pluses or minuses that are for people that are listening. It's very intimate to say the least. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, either way I, I had a, that was, well, I think out of like favorite parts, you know, spots we go to like Minneapolis is definitely like on our top five. Cause I think every time we go there for some reason, every time we have a show in Minneapolis, we also happen to have a day off. Like the day we arrive, we'll have a day off the next day before the show. So we always go to mall of America and do that and then just venture out so that's been a thing we did for like the last three years i think tell me about your experience at the mall (laughs) uh the first time i went um our entire crew uh, and all of us just got super stoned there you go and i'd never been so i was like okay this mall is supposed to be like the biggest fucking mall ever so we get there obviously we're all like pretty overwhelmed like Jesus Christ, like, this is huge. And then we mainly went there for all the rides. We wanted to go on the rides. We had a blast doing that, uh, going on the coasters and stuff. And then, um, yeah, I just I couldn't believe how gigantic that ball was. Did you even buy anything? Uh, I don't remember. I think... Uh, I think besides going on the rides, I mean, we might have got some food at the food court, but um, that sounds like my think, trips there. Like, I'll go there, and it's like I have no reason to be here. I don't have anything to buy. Like, I'm gonna get some food. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's every every. I, I want to say the last two years of us touring, we've made it a point to like, like to do that. It's like an event almost. Like, all right, we're playing Minneapolis. We gotta, we gotta get somewhere that we're close to the mall and, you know, make a day of it. And yeah, I, I absolutely, I love, I love going there. Our state loves you too. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, I, I hope we'll see. I hope that you can play main stage more often. I don't know what you've got. Obviously you can't speak to what's cooking, but you know, hopefully whatever it brings you back through, you get a day off, number one, and then number two, you get to play main stage because that'd be spectacular. Uh, so kind of looping back around, you're talking about the, the the first album and and what we're talking about is how your shows, you've leaned more into guitar performing for live shows and started to incorporate that more into your music. Is that is that just kind of the... That's a, is that more like a natural evolution or is that direct in in effect to um, playing live? 
Like, do you think about writing mm-hmm. songs now? I'm like, man, if we did this thing live, this is going to go over really hot. Yeah, exactly. Like you kind of learn as you go just from the crowd of like, I think when we first started off, the only song that would have guitar live uh, was our, our cover of Master of Puppets remix. And we used to close with that, like I'm talking like 2014, 2015, like we have no idea what we're doing. We just getting book shows and we're like, cool, we'll play it. Uh, but every, every, you know, when we close our song, the, the people will see me pick up the guitar and then all of a sudden, like the whole place was just lit. So we're like, okay, well, obviously they want to see more guitars, you know? So um, we just kind of picked it up, as, you know, obviously a lot of the earlier material stuff, um, even though there are guitars in the, in the songs, uh, they weren't like, specific parts where i mean i could i could technically play it but i don't want to just stand there and just play three chords on a ring out and you know that's not fun um so i think once we kind of got into like writing the shape that's when we were like kind of slowly kind of making the guitar a little more aggressive um let alone our sound alone was getting a little bit heavier too um so yeah since the shape you know, it's just slowly been picking that picking up on the guitar department of like, okay, let's let's bring in more solos, you know, more riffs, and you know, so we can play live, and um, it's not just you know, it's not like a special treat that you want to get to see live, you know. Mm-hmm. Is there a is there a phase where? do you think it's a possibility to just make a straight up metal album at some point? Uh, we thought about it. I, I don't know how in depth we had the conversation, but I, I remember like, because I don't know if you guys know the song, we have a song called get out on our B sides. Um, it's straight up just like an old, like thrash metal song, um, which was written as a joke, but then we just <laughs> put it on, it was on the B sides. So, um, it just got it thrown in there, but, um yeah i mean we we kind of joked around like dude what if we just put out like an ep of just like full on just like butt rock metal yes and, yes and also, kyle approves uh, yeah um and the, the beauty is like we technically just we can do what we want at this point like if we want to put out a, a butt rock ep like why the fuck not you know um so yeah, I mean, it's obviously we talked about it. I think more so in a jokingly matter, but um, I mean, I, I definitely I wouldn't mind. Don't joke, just awesome. do it. Yeah, I I I <laughs> would mind. I would like that. <laughs> I think that like, and and maybe because we we haven't gotten kind of into the the culture of the scene yet. Um, it's my belief that you could do that kind of a thing, do a, a straight up like butt rock ep or album for that matter and it would go over pretty well i would think in reality yeah because i mean if you really like if you really dissect our songs like like they kind of are butt rock songs like more so like you know transition into like more electronic uh vibe you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um like the structure and the riffs even though we play on the synth if they were to be playing like guitar, it, it technically kind of is like an 80s kind of like hair metal riff that we're just playing on the keys. 
Um, so like, yeah, like even if we did like a already an existing record and just made, you know, literally did like an out of body, but in like complete 80s hair metal style, you know, it'd just be easy to do because that's, you know, that's where it came from. I'm excited right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you need to settle down. You're, uh, yeah, I think that that idea is like, it is really exciting. Like, I think who, you know, because you talk about B sides and you talk about, you know, you've already kind of gone into the slight reinterpretation for live stuff. Why not do the full, the actual thing, the full butt rock thing? do record it live right. and do all that stuff why not yeah and i don't know how you feel about like being labeled as like you know here's a synth wave band or something like that but i still feel like even if you did go full quote-unquote butt rock like if you just was, did something guitar or guitar only i still feel like people would be like yeah that's synth wave or something like that you know it would still yeah, be classified I mean, within that I mean, there's so many terms and labels that, you know, like I, I've seen people label us like they're the best vaporwave, dark wave, dark synth, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, band. And I'm like, I mean, we're just in, like, we're an electronic band, like electronic rock band at the end of the day, you know, that's what we see ourselves as. But I mean, I'm not, I'm not bagging on, you know, synth wave and because obviously we have, Kind of friends in the scene that um are full-blown synthwave but um yeah i mean I, I just we kind of just feel like we're you know we're just in the, like simple electronic band with guitars yeah and, that, and that's why i really like because I, I found that as i've gotten older i like vocalists less and so i like the music of a thing I just don't necessarily want to hear the singing of a thing. Like I appreciate the music uh, more than I do someone's. And I'm not saying I don't listen to vocal music, but like I love dance with the dead and some other bands that are similar because you get all the metal without any of the other stuff. Right. Um, yeah. It was, it was challenging at first because it's like, how do you write a song? with no vocals but make it interesting for you know three four minutes you know so you just kind of learning you know you, you kind of see what works what doesn't um obviously there's you know bigger acts you know major acts like dead mouse rarely there's no vocals really on the majority of the songs but people just go because they want to hear the music loud and they can feel the bass and that's that's the whole vibe of you know going to like a show like that you know so Initially, it's the same thing. I mean, we're just pretty much writing beats with a, you know, with a hook, via, you know, whether it's on a synthesizer or on a guitar. So technically, we're using the, the synths and the guitar more, more so as a you know, vocal tool, you know. And that makes it, to me, at least in my opinion, uh, more interesting, engaging. And I think that's what's so exciting about, you know, this little thing, again, whatever you want to call it, whatever it is, is to have to make a song interesting you don't rely on a vocalist so how do you make it interesting and it's different than say like the techno scene or those other things that had a very specific like you're gonna dance and you're gonna do these things and not to say that dance that's not danceable 
it is but and it's a different thing different mindset from that um so right. I, I just i find it exciting i'm you know i'm always interested to, to hear what people are putting out um is there anyone that you've found that's doing really interesting things that you've been like wow they're they're doing something that's really interesting um you mean like new acts yeah new acts or acts that you just in general they don't have to be new um so when we were finishing up on our blackout ep um i think around that time i think we were out with we were out with the band avatar we were out there supporting those guys and the new Rammstein record came out. And obviously, like, they have many records, but, you know, when people, when you ask people to name one song, they're going to go to Du Haas. But right. um, I really didn't listen to anything in, the, in between that gap of what they, you know, things they put out until this new recent record. And I was just completely blown away. And actually, because, you know, as you guys know now, we, we, we have a live drummer, um, which you know, the only tour we got to do with the live drumming was this past February in Europe, but um, that had a lot to do with it because we're like, dude, if we had a live drummer, we kind of sound like like this record, like from Romstein. Like, it's not that far different. I mean, yeah, they have a guy that's singing, or, or I guess talking in this case, yeah. but uh, right. it, it, for, the, for the most part, the music, they have synthesizers. They have, you know, pretty like easy, easy going guitar. They're not shredding. It's more rhythmic, like, you know, guitar chugs and stuff and a dancey, simple beat. Um, so it, was, it wasn't that much different from what we were doing. So I was like, dude, like, this sounds amazing and huge. And I, I, I could see us doing something similar with a live drummer. So fast forward, um, we did get a live drummer. And when we performed all these songs, you know, even older songs with, with the drummer live, it just it changed the game. I, I just it by far out of all our touring experiences, like the best. Like I feel like the best we've sounded, and I just it's it's such a shame that right after we got back, all of this happened. It's the curse of everything, and it's like you know, yeah, getting a live drummer for that and. Um, from my experiences going to live shows, one of the last shows that I did see was uh, Perturbator, and he had a live drummer too. Yeah, there was just there was just a little something that changed about that, and it really did make it different. And I also wanted to go back and say, like the last time that I saw you play live. Uh, I do have to say there is something about how you guys play your show. You know, you had mentioned earlier that you go more guitar heavy and more everything. It's just like what you guys do, like you're ripping knobs on the synth, you're shredding on your guitars. Like everything you do is like you are going above and beyond what a lot of other people may do in their live shows. Cough, cough pressing the space button on a computer <laughs> but it's just like it there there's something about that that's like really putting forth a lot of effort and the results really speak for themselves i'm very impressed is basically what i'm trying to say thank you um and honestly to be completely honest um it has nothing to do with the fact that you know carpenter brute has a drummer or you know perturbator has a drummer 
it wasn't like we're trying to like hop on that bandwagon. It's we've been talking about it from like day one because Justin is a drummer. He's an amazing drummer, actually. So we're like, okay, we're in a band together. You're a freaking amazing drummer. Why don't you just play drums? But he, I think, wanted to explore more in the in the synthesizer department. Like he, that was something more that he was vibing at the time and still is, and a little bit of guitar. He's like, no, I'm more focused on this. You know, I, I feel happier playing the synth and stuff like that. Um, so what happened was we we went out with we were direct support and went out for Dragon Force in the West Coast. We did about like 13 or 14 shows with them. And the opening band was a band called Starkill from Chicago. Um, like a power metal band. So their drummer, John, who is our drummer now, he was a hired drummer for Starkill. Like a touring drummer. So I'm watching this kid just unbelievable, like just like a freaking machine what his feet can do and is watching this kid every night and like obviously he was super nice um hanging hanging out with them on tour and so fast forward before the tour was over i'm like dude we've been talking forever about adding live drums i think you you might be that guy like i know you live in chicago but like let's like once this tour's over like let's figure this stuff out so what we got back from the tour you know kept in contact and um, we flew him out to California to just to see what it would sound like. And like, we, I think the first song we, I think we, the first song we jammed was Go. And we got like a little space to rehearse and I was sold. I was like, okay, this, like, I'm, I'm totally down for this. So then Justin flew out from Washington to just kind of, you know, vibe everything else out too. And we're just, you know, like, yeah, like this, this is happening. So, um, funny story is, I won't get into details, but it's, you know, we just, things didn't work out with our, our front of the house engineer. So we needed another guy to go out with us for, um, in Europe. And believe it or not, the guitar player of Starkill, um, that's what he kind of is the best at. He's known for doing, you know, front of the house. And then we hired him to do sound for us. Um, blew him out. So we did we did everything like proper. Rather than just having a live drummer, we literally sampled his drum kit. So every snare hit for that song, whatever song we're playing, was the snare and the kick that you would hear in our on a record. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we did it all proper. Like if we play, it's not just gonna be, you know, you hear our live drums. You're gonna hear those samples, so it's not. You're gonna. It's gonna. You're gonna hear the drums you would hear on the record, but you're gonna physically see a dude playing it in, in the back, you know. So we did it right, but we needed a guy who knows how to like engineer all this live um, for doing sound. So um, we got him. So it was just funny. We got two members now of Starkill. I, I feel like we're like stealing the members, but <laughs> we're not trying to do. <laughs> But yeah, so we, we went to Europe, still nervous, obviously, because we've been doing this as a band, you know, without a drummer. And of course, the first time we're showcasing this, we're going really far away across the country, you know. Um, and I think the first show we did was in like Amsterdam or something. And like, I think we opened up a go. And I, dude, I have to say, like, it was just like, 
just the fact that I could turn around and like I I could feel the drums. Obviously, it's really loud on stage. Um, and there's another person, like there's another another energy, you know. And it just changed everything. And you know, we were so excited about the the Magic Sword the tour, and um, obviously both of us have drummers, so it was just like it made sense. And yeah, everything. Went to shit. <laughs> yeah, and that's what happened. Damn it! I yeah. I feel so jealous right now that I yeah. didn't get to experience that. Yeah, I it the damn virus. That's all I gotta say. Because again, Q three is most realistic when life is gonna go back to normal. I will go to a fucking show next December. I don't give a shit. That's the first time I get to see something. I'm going to go. I might be one of those people who gets someone else pregnant at a show. <laughs> <laughs> Not yourself? Okay. I That may happen, too. <laughs> might be me. Oh, uh, wow. So, I, I it, it's exciting. And really, the, I think what like Kyle was talking about and, and really what you've expressed is like the dynamic presence of live musicians on stage add a completely different energy to live performances and what that does to you as a performer and what that does to the crowd, I would imagine is, is huge. Now, um, I would imagine that the crowds reacted really well to having a live drummer there. Yeah. I mean, there's not one person that like, eh, I prefer you guys the way, you, you know, the old, old version, you know, everyone was like, wow, like we didn't really know what to expect, but, like shit, like that was amazing. So please keep keep using the drummer. Now, is that are you? Has that affected your songwriting at all? Do you? I mean, are you gonna bring in uh, the the live drummer to do his interpretation of what you've programmed out for recordings? Now, is there a new creative avenue there that's opened up? Yeah. So. um the record that we're working on now, um, you know, when we're writing drum parts, I do have that, you know, in the back of my head of like, okay, we have a live drummer now. So, and I could only imagine like, you know, for the most part, we are playing a dance beat on majority of the songs. Um, so for a drummer, in his perspective, he's playing the same beat technically. But do that, do that. It's just, I can't imagine, you know, when you're playing, you know, 15 songs like that. It's not the most fun, I guess, but, um, so for this record, yeah, keep that, I'm keeping that in mind of like, okay, we have a live drummer. We could kind of experiment with getting, you know, making the drums a tad bit, tad bit more, you know, um, more technical, you know? Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. We, we, we are, you know, adding in, uh, a lot more percussive elements um, to the songs. Um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, it all works out. But um, yeah, it, it, it did have a huge impact on on how we're writing. I was watching this interview with Perturbator, I think right after he, he added his live drummer. And, and one of the things that he had commented on was just the surprising things that the drummer was doing like he was doing his own kind of little improv improvisations and like little things that he would contribute that would add to the song has that been a thing too where you've allowed him to 
kind of add a little bit of spice, so to speak, or is he, are you still just kind of like trying to figure out like, Oh no, he, he, he goes just, I mean, yeah, we're like, Hey, keep it, keep it to, you know, what the song is about. But, um, like when we play get out live, that song technically has live drums written all over it. I could drummer written all over it. But what all the double bass stuff, I mean, he's just going nuts live and like kids are just, eating it up so like obviously it's like dude yeah do your thing um and i think we closed we closed up become wrath uh, one of our songs called become wrath and at the end when the song speeds up he was just going to town on the drums and doing all crazy crazy fills and double bass and i'd always look back just with a smile like you know like man you're killing it i'm very excited to see this someday in the future I'm sad. Like, I think um, <laughs> hopefully, I'm, I'm hoping you know that we can figure something out for next fall. That's I'm just you know hoping for that, but who knows? Yeah, I mean everybody's hoping. You know, it's it's really yeah. a, a weird and nobody knows and no one knows. And you want to tentatively plan things, and I am ready. Like I am so ready to go to a live show. I I, I can't even. It's awful. My body's ready. <laughs> I know. I know. I know that it's ready. Right on, uh, Kyle. What do you have for Tony while we got him on? I I gotta. I have so many things. Like I just want to talk about your cat. That's what I really <laughs> want to talk about. So my cat, his name is Rocky. Um, the reason he's named Rocky is I don't know if you guys know this, but so when we found him, he actually just appeared. We're, we just got, my girlfriend and I just got back from like grocery shopping and then all of a sudden we just hear like this cry for help me out. Like, what the fuck was that? And I turn around and this little cute cat comes out with like this, you know, like the Puss in Boots eyes, like humongous, <laughs> desperate eyes. And I'm like, oh my God, like, what do we do? So my girlfriend's picking him up, you know, and like calming him down and he just kept following us and like just following us around. I'm like, okay, well, we, you know, like, we got to leave him out here. It could be someone else's cat. So I remember going upstairs, and I think this is back when, like, you know, Game of Thrones was playing. So it was a Sunday. I got GOTs on. And with the show blaring, I could hear outside the cat, again, like, crying for help. So I'm like, damn, the cat's still here. So I go out there, you know, brought him a little bowl of water. Um... And then eventually I was like, you know, fuck it. This cat's too cute. I'm stealing it. And then we posted some flyers for, you know, maybe it was, you know, missing. No one replied for like, I think like after like a week, no one got back to us. So I think by then you have to either claim the cat or, you know, take it to the shelter. And obviously we're not going to take it to the shelter because you know what they do there. Right. Um, so we kept him and we named him Rocky because we noticed that he's got a thumb. He's got thumbs. And I guess that type of breed um, they're called polydactyls, where they literally have like, they have hands, like fingers. They have a thumb, so they have like, not just a paw, like they literally have thumbs. Yeah, they got like six, six toes. Yeah, so that took me out, and then we, you know, we found out he was a polydactyl when we took him to the vet. And, um, so yeah, um, and he's become, you know, a favorite thing. I mean, he's, he's more like a dog, if anything. But yeah, he's he's awesome. And every, every anytime I'm tracking, 
I'll have, you know, in my studio, the door closed, and then I can kind of hear him, like, knocking in a way, like, calling at the door, and as soon as I let him in, he just likes, he likes music, but he likes to, like, be in that environment. He'll just lay down on the floor and just watch me, like, track guitars. It's kind of awesome. That is awesome. That that was like the number one thing on my list. <laughs> I wanted to know about the cat because they're always posting like, oh, "I I am I'm finally home. I finally get to spend time with my cat." Yeah, that's awesome. Well, if I had a cat, I would feel the same way too. But you don't have a cat, and that's and I don't, and it's sad. It's because you're allergic, isn't it? Mm mm. Maybe after so many days, my eyes do start to bother me, but Indeed. I still like them. Hey, they got they got pills for that. <laughs> There's pills for many things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I get my cat pills and my dick pills all at the same time. <laughs> Sometimes it's the same thing. Whoa! <laughs> I don't know about that. Oh my god. Uh, well, I I don't have anything else. For Tony, I don't want to take up more any more of his time. We really, really appreciate you coming oh, on. Yes, we fucking do. This is this is a 2020 highlight of you know all the shitty things that have happened. Having you on has been fantastic, and really, I think this might be the last episode for the year. So this might be the the great way to to end 2020. This, I feel like this is a good way to end the year. Definitely, indeed. Uh, so yeah, I, had a, I had a blast, guys. Thank yeah, you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Now, Dance of the Dead, for most people are going to be listening. They know everyone knows who you are. Um, oh, everyone knows who you are. And I also, there was one thing I wanted to say, like, you know, towards the end of the year here, everyone was posting their streaming uh, numbers. You guys are far and away, way higher than everyone else would like. Something around 32 million, if I if I remember right streams yeah i mean i it's just again like it wasn't even like a post to just be like yo fucking check this out it was more like holy shit people like thank you like just the fact that with the options that we have and you know what people can listen to nowadays with just having spotify you're unlimited to music the, the fact that you know people still give us that much love it truly just it means the world to us so um i, I just couldn't believe it you deserve it. Yeah. As the artist that you are, you definitely deserve it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but people should buy physical, physical media. I will say it's a little cumbersome because you've got to, if you buy vinyl for you guys, you got to go through Europa. And I think. Yeah, so it's because they're like our main manufacturer, but um, uh, it's just, you know, when we tour, we usually have. We'll have you know we'll have physical copies sent to us for touring. Obviously, we can't bring out every single album um, that we have on vinyl because that's just too expensive and too much space that it takes up you know um, on the trailers and stuff. But uh, we try to at least have you know one or two records of ours when they come out. But I think we're trying to work out something where uh, we could have um, uh, U.S. distribution as well. Um, and people don't have to like, like. I think we're trying to figure out a way if we can somehow tie it in, and, you know, where we can sell it ourselves. I mean, there's, there's things being figured out, but we're working on it to make it more, um, you know, 
easier for people to get. Right on. That's exciting news for the people that want to get Dance of the Dead vinyl records. So um, I don't have anything else. Uh, I'm done, Kyle. I would probably think of a million things more like i you know custom guitars what what's going on with that <laughs> i, I want to know what's going on with that um so what happened was i'm sure you guys know what nam is it's a music yep. convention yep um so i go every year just because obviously i'm a you know, gear nerd and it's more so like you just kind of go with your friends and hang out and every every you know every now and then you bump into someone you haven't seen in the industry or whatever you know a couple years I just go every year, um, but this past one, um, my one of my best friends is a guitar. He's a guitar player for a band called Atreyu. Um, he was looking for a new endorsement, so he showed me this company, Ballet Gear Guitars, that he was thinking about going to. Um, and I saw the guitars and blew me away. They look so classy, but like they're kind of meant to be played, you know, for the type of music that. You know, like heavier music. So long story short, we went to Nam. You know, I've never really been endorsed by a guitar company. I'm like, I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. Um, we're a small band, blah, blah blah. So Travis, my buddy, kind of made the introduction, and um, and then yeah, and then we started talking. Uh, his name is Joe. It's Joe Balagier, his company. Um, we started talking, and then um, he sent me some guitars and a, a custom that I, I, I got I designed and I have to say I, I have many guitars but like yeah it's just I mean I'm not just saying because I'm, I'm endorsed by them but it just <laughs> I, I just physically I'm like I don't even like touch any other guitars I'm just like dude these guitars are just fucking legit um so yeah I couldn't be happier um if, if people listening they don't know what Battle Gear guitars check them out obviously they're they're just amazing 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 that's exactly what i wanted to hear there is something about a custom guitar that until you know until you touch one you just don't know it's yeah, a very I mean, special thing it just sucks because the re- like I, the reason i was like kind of like made i remember like putting like i'm like oh, i want i need this made like soon because you know we're going out with we're going on tour with Magic Sword and I would really like to have it by the time we go out and um <laughs> so I got the guitar and then yeah, then you know, obviously again. <laughs> right. Everything went to shit. So yeah, it sucks. Uh mainly was sent to me so I could take it out on the road and showcase it, but um it's just been, yeah, <laughs> just in the studio. To be continued. There will be a time. Yes. There will be. Absolutely. All right. Well, Kyle. Are you, right. is that... uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stop. <laughs> I don't want to take too much of your time with my little fanboy questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, this is Sarah. And this is Kyle. Thank you, guys. It's a motherfucking paradise I can't